Good news. Good news. I hear the Lord saying good news. Good news. I hear him saying well done. Thy good and faithful servant. Well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. Amen. Let's go to the word of the Lord. But before we do that, can we just give him a praise before we take our seats? Can we give him a praise just before we take our seats? I mean, give him a showing up good praise. I'm, I'm talking about a praise that, like you just went to the mailbox. And what you have been praying for is in there. I'm talking about, I'm talking about a praise like he didn't already came through for you. I mean, a praise like he's already, like he just, like he just did it. I'm talking about like he just came through. Amen. Look at somebody and say, God did it. God did it. He turned it. Yeah, he, he turned it. Listen. Amen. God bless you. We thank God for those of you that are here. We thank God for, amen, the uh, online audience there that we have here. I want you to take a moment, if you don't mind, to like this video, share this video, tell them to come on in because there is a word, amen, from the Lord. Amen. I have been praying and uh, seeking the Lord about what to say, amen, to everyone that's here on today. And I believe that God has given me, amen, a word for this season, a, a word uh, that will find you right where you are. Uh, there are oftentimes, amen, you pray and you seek the Lord and and you, because you want answers, you want direction, and you want clarity, amen, on some things. And so I hope that uh, what I'm about to share with you will bring clarity, and you'll have some understanding of what's going on in your life, amen. That we'll understand uh, what's happening, what's the purpose, what's going on with this storm. Then I'm in Genesis chapter 11, and, and we'll get there in just a minute, um, um, Genesis chapter 11, we're going to begin reading the verse number 32 in, in just a moment. Um, the, the other scriptures will pop up here, but I want to read this one here. Uh, Genesis chapter 11, verse number 32, and this is going to lead us into Genesis chapter 12, uh, where I'll begin reading. Amen. And the Bible says, in the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. And Terah died in Haran. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 says, And the Lord said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I, not might, but I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee, and I will make thy name great. And not only am I going to bless you and make your name great, but thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and I'm going to curse them that curse you. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Now, if we go and keep reading here, down through verse number 5, amen. So Abraham departed as the Lord has spoken unto him. 
and Lot went with him. Verse number one says, get out of thy country and from thy kindred. Verse number four says, and Lot went with him. Lot is kindred. Lot is his nephew. Uh, and, 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 and Abram was 75 years old and departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot's brother's son. Still got kinfolk with him. And all that substance that they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. They went forth to go into the land of Canaan and into the, Can into the land of Canaan they came. But verse number one says, get out of that country and from thy kindred, their kinfolk, your cousins. Verse number four says that Lot depart, that Abram departed as the Lord has spoken to him, but however, Lot was with him. Took Lot with him, he took Lot with him. We're gonna deal with Lot, we're gonna deal with Abram, we're gonna deal with some of these things, and perhaps today we're gonna find out that perhaps maybe the reason why we don't have the breakthroughs that we need because of partial obedience. Bible says that now, uh, let me give you just a little bit of background because in verse number 32 of Genesis chapter 11, uh, the text tells us that uh, Terah went with Abraham. But now understand that Terah dies before uh, God gives Abraham the instructions to leave. And sometimes before God can clearly speak to us, there are some things in your life that has to die first. There's some things that you've got to kill before God can speak to you and that you can have clarity on what he's trying to say. So the Bible says that Terah dies now. And the reason why this is because if you do some research on the name Terah, uh, his name simply means a stumbling block. Uh, it simply means that God says that before I can speak to you and provoke the blessings over your life, I've got to make sure that every stumbling block that's in your life has got to die. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but there are some stumbling blocks. There are some people in your life that God says that you've got to cut out your life. There's some things because God said, I want to pronounce the blessing on you. I want to tell you how great you're going to be. But if I give it to you before you, the stumbling blocks die, it's going to cause you to stumble before you get it. So therefore God says, I had to allow terror to die because now it leads us into Genesis chapter 12. And the Bible says that when we get to Genesis chapter 12, then God begins to speak to Abraham and just tell him how great he's getting ready to be. But first of all, terror had to die. And I, I, we, got to, we got to identify the terrors in our life. We got to identify the people, the places, the things, uh, the honey boo, the booze, the do's, all. We got to find out who's causing us to stumble. Uh, because Lot Terah has to die. And then the Bible says that after Terah dies, now the Lord said to Abraham, now, now, you're wondering why God hadn't spoke to you yet because maybe you're walking around with a stumbling block. We're praying, God, why, why hasn't God talked to me? Why is God not speaking to me? I used to hear his voice. But there's some things in your life that you've got to identify today and they got to die. So the Bible says now in Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 12, that, that God begins to speak to Abraham. He begins to tell him how great he's going to be. But it wasn't until Terah died that God begins to speak to Abraham or Abram. And Genesis chapter 12, and he begins to make a covenant with Abram. And then we find that God...
God speaks to Abram and he tells him to get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house and get to the land that where I'm going to show you. Now, I want you to understand here that Abram, he winds up or he ends up in Canaan, which is where God appears to him and he reaffirms the call of God on his life. And Abram built an altar there and the Bible says that he called upon the name of the Lord. Now, uh, uh, after getting that power, powerful, profound, prophetic word from God uh, that God gives to Abram, uh, you would think that his life, that the next thing that happens now, the Bible says he's in a famine. He gets this powerful, powerful prophetic word. He gets this word from God and then the next thing that happens, he ends up in a famine. Isn't it amazing how uh, you get revelation about what God wants to do in your life and how he wants to use you and then uh, uh, and how great things are going to be. But then when you get these prophetic words and, and God begins to speak to you, then all hell breaks out in your life. Uh, that's an indication to me that when all hell begins to break out, that's an indication to me that I'm very close. I need to preach to somebody that's got that's saying I got all kind of hell breaking out in my life. I got trouble. I got testing trials that are breaking out in my life that are coming out of nowhere. I got demons coming out the woodworks. I got witches. I got warlocks. I'm being attacked in my sleep. I got things in my life that's going on. It's an indication that I'm so close a major breakthrough if that's you I need you to clap your hands and get excited because you just said you are next in line for a major move of God there's a breakthrough that's about to hit your life that you have been put on the hit list of hell and the devil has come against you and fought you tooth and nail to try to make you give up and throw in the towel but I won't back up I will not quit I'm going into the devil's camp and I'm going to take back everything that he took from me I'm taking back my peace my joy my strength my health my wealth, my peace, my prosperity. Get on your feet and give God a praise. It's amazing. And the moment that you begin to realize who you are in God, listen, the devil don't care about your makeup. He don't care about your dress. He don't care about your weave, your nails. He don't, but what he is afraid of, he is afraid of an individual that will rise up and take their rightful place in the kingdom of God. Somebody that understands their spiritual authority and their spiritual right in God. That's what he's afraid of. The moment that you decide to follow God and the moment we're singing, Lord, I'm sold out to God. The moment that you begin to do this is then trouble comes to move you out of the position of God. It trouble comes to try to move you out of the place of being blessed by God. But I want you to notice here, he's walking in disobedience because Lot is with him and God is speaking to him. Isn't it amazing how, how even in our disobedience, even with our trifling self, that God has still speak to us in our disobedience. Uh, I'm glad, I'm glad that even when I'm being trifling, even when I know I'm messed up, God has still speak to me. Uh, but God has speak to us and he's speaking to Abraham about a promise. After that powerful prophetic word in verse number 10, and the Bible says there was a famine in the land. And Abraham went down into Egypt to sojourn there. He went down into Egypt to rest. He went down into Egypt because the Bible says that there was a famine in the land and not only was it a famine but it was a grievous famine. Now, I'll tell somebody when the going gets tough, 
don't get out of position to be blessed. I want you to understand that God did not authorize Abram to go down to Egypt. He did not authorize him to go to Egypt because things got tough. Uh, but many of us are just like Abram. We, when things get tough and the money gets funny, we run back to the world system. We go to cash advance. We go to payday loans. Now I ain't hating on nobody. I've been there and done that. Uh -huh. We go back to the world system. We go back to what's comfortable. We go back to what seems right. We go back to the world system because God's not moving fast enough. And so we try to take matters into our own hands. And we go back to the world system. Uh, but Abram went down to Egypt. But look at verse number 1 of chapter number 13. And the Bible says, now Abram went up out of Egypt. Egypt is the world system. It symbolizes the world and God doesn't want us to run to Egypt every time we get in the jam. Not when God is our provider. He is Jehovah Jireh. So why should I run to the world system? Why should I run to Egypt? Egypt was a powerful and wealthy nation. But it's amazing that when we get out of position, God will intervene on our behalf. Uh, he'll stop what should have killed you. He'll, he'll stop you uh, when you're about to make a mistake. He'll, he'll still keep his hands on you. I need somebody to just thank God, listen, for blocking stuff when you were about to get in some trouble, when you were about to throw away your blessing, when you were about to just give in that God stepped in and God blocked it in your life. I just need you to look at somebody and tell them God blocked it. Yeah, yeah, somebody, somebody should just praise him for just keeping his hands on you while you were walking around in disobedience. Some, somebody ought to just praise him for just God keeping his hand on you. When I, when I almost slipped up and made a mistake, somebody ought to just praise him. But now, now, now he's still got Lot with him. We got a problem because, because Lot is still with him. Now I understand Lot because, because Lot is his nephew. Abraham no doubt loved his family. If you, if you read more about Abraham, Abraham was a family man. He loved his family. He grew up in a, in a family home. But, but God gives him instructions, Abraham, because I'm getting ready to do something different in your life. I'm getting ready to change your genealogy. I'm getting ready to change your generation forever. But it's going to require you to walk away from some familiar things. And God is trying to change our generation. He's trying to change your bloodline. But it's going to require you to walk away from some stuff. So, so, so Lot's with him. But let me, let me tell you what Lot is. Lot is not only his nephew, but Lot is a promise blocker. Yeah, Lot's name simply means, Lot's name means to block. It means to obstruct the view. It means to shield. It means to cover. And anything that blocks you or shields you, it affects your ability to see, and that's a hindrance. And any time that you're hanging around a hindrance, it affects your ability to hear God clearly. Look at somebody and tell them, I don't need no promise blockers. Uh, no, I, I love you. God knows I do. 
But I don't need no promise. But I don't need, if you are standing in between me and my promise, I'm sorry, but you just got to go. I don't care who you are, family member, friend, Lord, but if you are standing in between me and my promise, I'm going to cut you out. See, we've got to do, we got to find out, we've got to find out. Some of y'all thinking right now, who's Lot? Because see, Lot may not be a particular person. Lot could be a particular thing, a particular place. What is it that's blocking your view? What is it? Who, who are the Lot's? in your life who are the promise blockers in your life I love your life but I got to separate because you're blocking my promise you not only are you blocking my promise but you are affecting my ability to hear God and not only are you affecting my ability to hear but you are affecting my eyes because I can't see straight love you but after after Abraham came up out of Egypt he speaks to his enemies he, he speaks to his promise blocker and tells him that we got to separate see your promise blocker will cause you to go into unauthorized territory your promise blocker will tell you that God ain't moving fast enough that come on let's go down to Egypt and let's get some money from Egypt like the Abraham gets a revelation. He begins to speak to, to Lot and see what, what God would do because he loves us so much. He'll cause there to be conflict. He'll cause there to be strife and contention within the relationship. And the Bible says that the husband of Abram and Lot began to have conflict. They begin to struggle. There was contention, there was strife. Abraham says, Lot, my nephew, I love you, but I ain't got time for strife and contention in my life. I'm going to need you to go ahead and move. <clears throat> you take whatever place you're going to take and I'm going to take what's mine. And I want you to notice something here because if you look at Genesis chapter 12, God speaks to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 and verse number 7. But God, I want you to take note, read your Bible. God does not speak to Abram again until he's gotten rid of Lot. He goes silent. He doesn't say another word to Abram about anything until Lot is removed out of his life. And there's some things that God's just not going to tell you until Lot gets out of your life. Because Lot is a promise blocker. And so God is not going to expose the promise to you as long as Lot's still hanging around. Because Lot just wants to hear what God's about to do so he can try to block what God just spoke over your life. He's a promise blocker. And look at verse number 14. Look at verse number 14. Verse number 14 says, And the Lord said unto Abraham. What does the text say? And the Lord said unto Abraham, After that Lot was separated from him. 
God did not speak to Abraham until Lot was separated. He goes on to tell Abraham, listen, <clears throat> Abraham, I want to bless you. I'm, I'm in Genesis chapter 13, Genesis 13, verse number 14. So God speaks to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, verse number 7. And he goes silent until Genesis chapter 13, verse number 14. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot had separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and, and, and cast and eastward and westward. Look at what God is doing. He's speaking to Lot or Abraham about vision. He's speaking to Abraham about sight. It's interesting because he's speaking to him about sight. He says, lift up your eyes. But who was with Abram? Lot was with him. And what did we say his name? And it means to block the view. It means to shield. It, it obstructs. You can't see clearly. So God is speaking to Abram about sight, but he couldn't speak to him about sight before because Lot was still with him. He's a promise blocker. Now, 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 let's go ahead over to Genesis chapter 26. And, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm almost done. In Genesis chapter 26, verse 1 through 5, the Bible says, there was a famine in the land. Besides the first famine that was in the days of so we understand that there was another famine. So, it, it, uh, so this is Isaac now, and so Abraham, and so uh, and Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. Now, put a pin there because there's a famine in the land, and God sends Isaac down. He he says, I want you to go down to to, to Gerar. And Gerar means a, a lodging place. Not only does it mean a lodging place, but it means a place of productivity. It means to produce. It means to be productive. And the Bible says that Isaac sold in that land and he produced. He was productive. And I prophesied to some of you that are here that are watching that you're about to produce even in a time of famine. You're about to produce, you're about to be productive even in the time of a famine. And I want us to make special note of verse number two because the Bible says that the Lord appeared unto him and said, now watch now, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 12, 13, in Genesis chapter 12 that Abraham went down to Egypt, right? But now God is speaking to Isaac, who is Abraham's son, and he's given Isaac specific instructions. Don't make the same mistake that your daddy made. I'm not going to let you make the same mistake. He says, so I don't want you to go down to Egypt. I don't want you to go down to Egypt. I don't want you to, I don't want you to, to wind up in the same situation that your daddy did. And the Lord appeared to him and said, go not down into Egypt. Dwell and the land which I shall tell thee of. 
other words, Isaac, I'm about to speak a blessing on your life, but you cannot go down to Egypt. I don't care if there's a famine in the land. I don't care how bad it is. You cannot move yourself out of position to just to make an end, the, uh, bills, to, to meet the needs of a bill. So he says, Isaac, I'm getting ready to bless you. That's why I'm trying to tell people that God stay in place. You cannot move out of your place. I know it's tough. I know it's rough. But you cannot move out of place. Do not go down to Egypt. Isaac was about to make a bonehead mistake. He was about to make a bad decision. But God blocked it. God said, I ain't going to let him do like your daddy did. Abraham did not Abraham and Abram went down to Egypt, but God said, I'm going to I'm going to, I'm not going to let you make the same mistake that your daddy made. Tell somebody God blocked it. I'm, I'm not going to let you move out of position. I'm not going to allow you to get out of place because listen, somebody ought to just thank God again for just blocking so so because I was about to make a mistake. But he says to him, he says to him, uh, he says, I want you to sojourn here. I, in other words, I want you to take up residence right here. I know it's a time of a famine. I know it's not the time to be taken, to be resting. But I want you to stay right here because I'm about to do something productive in your life. Look at it here. Uh, and the, the Bible says in verses 3 through 5 that God says he begins to, begins to pronounce the blessing on him. And, and, and then there's a lot of us, a lot of us, a lot of us, me included, that was about to make a mistake, about to make bad decisions. But God blocked it. God kept the devil from moving you out of position. So it's important for you to stay where God tells you to stay because the place that he tells you to stay is directly connected to you being blessed. So if God told you to come here, then stay in position. Don't let anybody move you out of place. Don't allow anybody to make you abort your destiny, make you abort your promise. And the Bible says that the Lord appeared to him and said, go not down to Egypt, dwell in the land that I shall tell you. I want you to sojourn here. I want you to stay here. And if you stay here, if you sojourn here, if you don't get out of position, then I will be with thee. I will bless thee for unto thee and to thy seed. I will give thee all these countries and I will perform the oath which I swear unto thy father Abraham but you gotta stay in place you can't get out of position I know it's tough and you want to pack up and leave but you gotta stay in position and says I'm going to multiply thee I'm going to multiply thy seed and I'm going to multiply as the stars of heaven and I'm going to give unto thee all the, these countries and thy seeds so all the nations of the earth be blessed because thy father Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes and my laws and Isaac dwelt in Gerar, he stayed there. People of God, do you not understand that if you obey God that it will follow your generation, it will follow your children and God will bless your children just because you will obedient to his word he'll bless your children because you are faithful that's why you can't back up and quit that's why you gotta stay faithful you gotta stay committed you gotta stay connected and in doing so God will bless your family he'll bless your seed so that's why I keep pressing that's why I obey God because I understand that if I bless God he'll bless my children if I obey God he'll bless my house he'll bless my seed from generations to come that's why you gotta stay connected to God you not understand 
that if you're walking around in disobedience and you're disobeying God that it'll follow your bloodline it'll follow your seed and the Bible says because of Abraham Isaac that's why I'm going to bless you it was because of your daddy that's why I'm blessing you it is so much of what you did Isaac I'm gonna bless you because your daddy was faithful to me he was a friend of mine that's why I'm going to bless you look at verse number 12 because Isaac, because Isaac began to obey God. Isaac said, I don't understand everything, God. I don't know why you want me to stay in this old dead place. I don't know why you want me to stay when there's a famine in the land. But the Bible says that Isaac obeyed God. And that Isaac sold. Now that word sold... That word sold in the Greek means that Isaac became pregnant. There was something that got in his spirit. And the Bible said that Isaac sold. He got pregnant with something. I wonder if I got some people in here today that say I'm pregnant with something. I'm going to sow something today. And the Bible said that Isaac became pregnant in that land. He became productive in a place that wasn't supposed to produce. I decree and declare that God's going to make you productive. You're going to produce in a place that you're not even supposed to produce. You're you're going to produce in a place that's all tried up. You're going to produce in a place to where ain't nobody else produced before because the hand of God is on your life. So, so the Bible says that Isaac became pregnant with the word. And the Bible said that Isaac sold. I, I want you to stay with me. Somebody say Isaac sold. Uh -huh. the, I, the Bible said that he sold where? That he sold in that land. Where did Isaac sow at? He stayed in the place that where God said to stay. He stayed in Gerar. He stayed in a place that was productive. And sometimes God will speak productivity even in, when it looks dry. When it looks dead, God will start talking to you about being productive. He'll start talking to you about producing in a place that looks dead and dry. you walk out there and look at it and say, God, ain't nothing happening here. But God will start talking to you about fruit being productive. He'll start talking to you about a dry place and producing in that place. And the Bible says that Isaac sold and that land, he sold where I need somebody, somebody got a soul today and simply amazing. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but there's a word and there's a seed that you got to sow in this house today. I hear the Lord saying that there's a seed. I don't know if you're here or if you're watching online, but there's a seed that you got to sow in this place. You got to sow in this house. Somebody need to sow in this land. He sold in a time when you're not supposed to be sowing. He sold in a time when you're not supposed to be getting crops back he sold expensive seed in a dry ground but he didn't understand that whether it was going to come back or not but he sold in a time of a famine so he sold I don't know we got some farmers here we got some people that plant seed and they'll tell you that there's certain times to plant there's certain times to not plant there are certain seasons that you're supposed to plant. If you plant at the wrong season, you ain't going to get nothing. But God says, I'm getting ready to reverse that. He said, I'm getting ready to cause every place that you sow is going to be productive in your life. Every seed that you sow it's going to produce something. It's got to come up. God said every seed that you sow, the ground has to respond to you. Every seed, I don't care if it's a dry place. God said everywhere you sow, because you're walking in obedience, the ground is going to respond to the seed that you put in it. No longer will you sow a seed and not get a return on it. No longer will you sow a seed and it not produce to you. But God said I'm bringing you into a season of productivity. 
negativity. I'm bringing you into a place where you're going to produce. You're going to begin to produce like never before because you obeyed my voice. That's what it says. That's what it says here. Gerar means to produce. It means to be productive. It means to, to rest. So when you obey God as it pertains to sowing, the land has to respond even in the middle of a famine. When your finances are all shot, when they're all jacked up, if you will obey God and sow, he has to respond to you. And I understand that a lot of us are challenged in our areas of finances, but if you can sow, it has to respond to you. There was a famine. There was a famine. How many of you know that when you're walking in favor, when you're walking in obedience, God will cause you to reap during a time when you're not supposed to. He'll cause you to get a promotion. He'll cause you to get a raise out of the normal cycle. He sowed in that land. And the Bible says he received in the same year. A hundredfold. Now, that sounds good. Uh, he received in the same year. And the same year could be December. But I need something. Look at somebody else. I need something right now. I, I need something right now. I need something to hit my account right, right now. Y'all don't want to talk. I need, something. I need something to hit my account right now. I don't need it in December. I need it right now. How many can believe God? I, 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 don't, I don't have no doubt that many of us can believe God for a miracle by the end of this year because we've got 10 months left. But I need some people with some crazy faith that say, God, I, I believe you for a miracle by the end of this month. I, I'm just crazy enough to believe God that God's going to do it by the end of this, this month. I, I, I mean, I believe God that my bills can be paid off this month. I, I believe that God is going to do something by the end of this year, but I'm believing God to do something this month. Somebody shout, this month. This, this, this month, this month, this, this month. I need it to happen this month. Look what happens. I'm, I'm going to get it. Lay hands on yourself. So I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it this month. I'm going to get it. Because you know what? I'm putting a demand on God. I'm putting a demand on God that I don't need it by December. I'm putting a demand on the anointing of God that I need it this month. I, God, I think I, I know I'm going to get it sometime this year, but I'm putting a demand. I'm putting a time. I need it this month. I need something to happen right here, right now, this month of February 2020. I need it to happen right here. Know about you, but I'm gonna get mine. I'm gonna get mine this month. Look at somebody and tell them I'm gonna get mine this month. I don't know about you. You can wait till March and April and 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 in June, July, but I'm gonna get mine this month. Somebody shout glory. Now the Bible says that he was very great. Watch this. The Bible says that he was very great. Not just great, but I, I don't wanna. I don't wanna just get by. I don't wanna just have more than enough. But but I, I want more than enough. Shout! This is my season of more than enough. Mm, God says, "Watch this." He says he was great. Said he was very, very, very great. See, a lot of us wanna settle for being good, average. But the Bible says. That this man 
was great. In a time of a famine, in a time when the ground was not supposed to be productive, watch this, and I'm getting ready to close with this. Oh, I didn't get y'all my topic, did I? And my subject for today is Rehoboth. Watch this. I want, us, I want us to get down here, and I want us to drop down the, the, the verse number 19. In Genesis chapter 26, I think it is, verse number 19. The Bible says, um, in Genesis chapter 26, let's go here real quick. Genesis chapter 26. I want, I want to show you this in the text here. So I want you to understand what God is getting ready to do. Amen. In this next move here, because there are some haters mm -hmm, that want to try to block what God has done in your life. And the Bible says, and the Bible says, uh, Isaac departed and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar, and he dwelt there. And verse number 18, the Bible says, and, and Isaac digged again the wells of water. I told you God began to speak to me about wells on this past week, which they had digged in the days of Abraham, his father, for the Philistines, watch this, had stopped them after the death of Abraham, and he called the names uh, after their names by which the father had called them, and Isaac's servants did in the valley and found there a well of springing water. And the herdmen of Gerar did strive with Isaac's herdmen, saying the water is ours. And he called the name of that well Isaac because they strove with him. But can I tell you, people of God, there are some things that your fathers, that your forefathers dug some wells for you that the devil came in and stopped up. But the Lord said, I'm getting ready to unstop every well that the devil tried to block in your life. That thing that was supposed to be producing in your life, that was supposed to cause water to spring up. God said, I'm getting ready to cause that spring to come up in your life. And so the Bible says that Isaac began to dig the wells of the water that he dug in the days of Abraham his father but because the Philistines came in and blocked some stuff and there was a devil that came in and blocked some of your finances he blocked some of your provision but God said you got to dig a well it doesn't matter how bad it looked you got to get a pick and a shovel and you better start digging but the Bible says that Isaac began to dig in the valley and found the water wells springing up but then there was a problem because uh, Isaac the herdsman that was in the land begin to strive with Isaac and them and the Bible says that he called the name of an Isaac because they strove with him because there was contention with them and it's just like the devil when God's about to bless you there are some people that will come out the woodworks and say no this is mine no, I'm supposed to have this. This is supposed to be mine. But the Bible says, listen, I don't want you to, but Isaac also means, it means contention. It means strife. So God says, okay, so Isaac said, okay, because if you're like me, I ain't got time for a lot of contention. I ain't got time for a lot of strife. If you want it, you can have it. I don't care. God got something else for me then. If God blocks it and somebody else wants it, let them go ahead and have it. And so the Bible says that Isaac kept on digging. And so you got to understand that when the devil comes against you, you just got to keep on digging. It doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what they think. You just got to keep on digging. Look at somebody and tell them, just keep digging. And the Bible says that Isaac dug another well. And they strove for that also. And he called that well Sitna. 
And sitna simply means this. One of the words that I like, sitna means to be hated. In other words, that when God gets ready to bless you, the haters going to come out the woodworks. Uh-huh, yeah, that's when you know that God's about to bless you because the haters start coming out. And Isaac said, okay, y'all can have this too. I ain't got time for all y'all haters. But whatever God has for me, it's for me. It doesn't matter if it's Isaac. It doesn't matter if it's sitna. Whatever God has for me. It's mine, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. But you got to understand. God said to tell you don't worry about your Isaac. And don't worry about your sickness. Because God said I'm getting ready to bring you into a place called Rehoboth. In other words, God says I'm getting ready to make room for you. In the middle of your opposition in strife. He said don't worry about the people that say that is mine. Don't worry about people that when you start digging they say no this is mine now. Don't worry about your haters when they come out the woodworks and say this belongs to me too. And God said but you just got to keep on digging and you got to keep on digging because now I'm getting ready to bring you into a place of Rehoboth. I'm getting ready to bring you into a place to what God says I'm getting ready to make room for you. Now notice what Isaac said in verse number 22. He said for now the Lord had made room for me. You can go ahead and you can keep that well and you can keep that well over there but God has brought me into a big place now I need you to stand on your feet and say God's about to make room for me he's about to make a room for me over here you talk to your haters and say you can have that and you can have that because God is getting ready to... I need you to just take your hand I said I'm about to make room for you you can walk right on by your haters and they while they striving over this and they striving over that God said I got a big room I got big rooms for you and the Bible says that he was fruitful in that land what was the land he was at? He was in Gerar. There was a famine in the land, but God caused him to produce. And he said, I'm going to cause you to be productive right in the face of your haters. I'm going to cause you to be productive right in the face of those ones that said, this is mine. I'm going to cause you to produce right in their face. So you got to understand that if God allows the enemy to move you from one place to the next, he'll make room for you in another place. So you ain't got to worry about nothing else because God is making room for you. Has anybody ever thought that you had something and then somebody else got it but God said don't worry about it because I'm about to make room for you I'm about to make room I need you to give God praise because God said I'm about to bring you into a Rehoboth I'm getting ready to walk into a big place God's about to give you a big place you're about to walk into something big that your eyes hadn't seen your ears haven't heard had you gotten into your heart yet I'm getting ready to walk into a big place I dare you just start walking walking with your hands open I'm walking into a big place he's opening up a big door there's a big opportunity I'm going into a big place I'm walking into my Rehoboth put your hands together and give God a praise and praise your way on into Rehoboth praise your way on into your breakthrough praise your way into Rehoboth Praise your way into it because he's making room for you. Clap your hands and praise him. Clap your hands and praise him. Clap your hands and praise him because I got to praise right here. I got to praise him right here. I'm walking into my big place. But God said now he had to come and encourage Isaac. You know how it is when you think you have something. You didn't work the labor for it. And somebody else gets the thing. But look what God does in verse number 32. Bible says that he called the name of the place Sheba. 
See, but in, in other words, it's called the wells of seven. Seven represents completion in God's place. And God said, listen, I'm bringing to a big place now. I'm bringing to a place called Sheba. I'm bringing to a place that got seven places. I'm bringing to a place that got seven wells. You were fighting over one well. And God said, I'm trying to bring you into a place of seven wells. You're trying to fight over Isaac and Sitna. And God said, I got seven wells for you. I got seven blessings for you. Seven, seven, seven. Stop fighting over the little stuff. When God trying to get your big stuff. Stop fighting over the small stuff. When God said, I'm trying to get your big stuff. Stop fighting over this well. I'm trying to get you the seven wells. Stop fighting over that building. I'm trying to give you another building. Stop fighting over that one. Because I'm trying to give you something else. Seven wells. You fight number one, but God said, I got seven for you. Seven. Somebody say this month. And the Bible says he sowed it the same year. Seven days. The same year, the same day. That's how some of your miracles are going to happen. I hear the Lord say, seven days. Seven days, seven days, seven days. I hear the Lord saying seven days, seven, seven days. Verse number 32, it says, and it came to pass the same day that Isaac's servants came and told him concerning the well which they had digged. They said, we have found water. And he called it Sheba before the day before the name of the city is called Bathsheba unto this day. The Bible says that he was seven, seven wells. Seven wells. Listen, people, I'm prophesying this breakthrough. I'm prophesying these blessings over your life. That God's going to do something. Seven days. Watch this. I hear it very clearly. The seventh day of the seventh month, expect God to move. The seventh day of the seventh month, was that July? On July 7th, expect God to do something. Write it down, it's on video. Seventh, seventh day. The seventh month. Expect God to do something supernatural in your life. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to close and we're going to wrap up because we're going to leave here and we're going to go to Florence. Thank you for tuning in and listening with us. Be blessed.